1: We're also on the marketing podcast network at marketingpodcast.net. And of course you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.
2: You heard her, go subscribe.
3: Welcome to the Collective Cafe, a virtual coffee experience, which takes place every single Monday through Friday 8 to 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time in both Alpha Collective's Discord, that's discord.gg forward slash alpha collective and Startup Club's house in Clubhouse. It's free. It always will be free. There are no strings attached. There is no bait and switch, lurk or listen only, chat with one another in our back chat, or even come onto stage. The coffee shop is open for business. Whether you're on the treadmill, getting the kids ready for school, getting yourself ready for work, commuting into the big bad city, or maybe just even commuting from your bedroom to your home office. On Monday, we manifest. On Tuesday, we talk thought leadership wellness wednesday we discuss mental health wellness and life skills on thursday we do live book reads and discussions with the author and then on friday it's no agenda friday where there is no agenda start your day off on the right foot on the front foot with virtual coffee with the collective cafe where we mastermind we manifest we collaborate we help one another at the business of Web3 or anything else that intersects, whether it's culture, collaboration, creativity, innovation, disruption, entrepreneurship or coaching. So give us a subscribe, bits.ly forward slash collectivecafe to go or a review on your favorite podcast platform if you're listening on demand or of course, join us every day live. It is addictive. And remember, it is a safe, welcoming space You will never, ever be put on the spot. This is Alpha Collective's Collective Cafe. My name is Joseph Jaffe. Hello, shadows. Hello, Patty Frog. You are following me, and now I'm following you. I'm inviting... It's no agenda Friday, which means everyone is invited to the stage within reason. Um, And see what's on your mind. I know what's on my mind and uh, I've got something for you as we as we kick it in by the way a couple of couple of little interesting tidbits while we get started one is uh, I started a sub stack don't ask me please do not ask me why it took me so long um, but it did <laughs> and um, you know I, I, I had my blog Jaffy Juice and it kind of just Went dormant as all blogs kind of did, um, and then recently I've been having a lot of fun doing a lot of work on LinkedIn, and uh, but I realized that in doing things on LinkedIn that I am, uh, without question, without question, I am, um, you know, I'm limiting the audience. So I had Francine Hardaway on the show. Uh, well, actually, I had her on um, as an alpha beta talk speaker. Uh, definitely go and watch the clip that I just posted on Threads and on Twitter. I'll put the link. Um, I'll put the link up top at some point. I uh, put my Substack there now. I'll put it in the chat. And uh, we had a great conversation on Karma, the Karma of Web Three. Basically, if you've been a meanie or a scammer, it's going to come back and bite you. Hopefully, um, and if you've been good and kind and paid it forward and helped and been gracious and generous and and, and helpful and filled with empathy and you're in it for the right reasons. Well, hopefully that will also come back and, and and repay itself a hundred times, a thousand times. Hello, Mr. Tim Lynch. How am I not following you on Clubhouse? I'm going to follow everyone who I can, uh, who I can follow today. Um, and Tim, come up to the stage because it is No Agenda Friday. Tim is a regular in Discord.gg forward slash alpha collective so is shadows pub so is bez um, and we've been doing this for almost a year like literally every day by the way we're also working there's a little bit of a glitch right now um, with clubhouse so we're trying to figure it out by the way you'll notice for those of you that have been coming here regularly for the last couple weeks while we've been clubhouse when michelle or colin who are two of the founders of, of startup club when they start the room there are like eighty, ninety people, a hundred people, et cetera. When I start the room, there's there's no one being notified. So it's a bit of a, a bug right now, I think, in terms of um uh I mean, without getting too technical, being a leader of startup club, which is what I am, versus an admin. So we're trying to work on that as well. Um and and eventually we won't need to because if we've been doing this for weeks, months, whatever, quarters enough people are going to know about this and enough people are going to going to realize hey we're here every every weekday 8 to 9 so you don't need reminders you can just come in when you want to come in and like again it's it's almost like this this idea if this is a coffee shop if this is a coffee house hello gensa uh, if this is a coffee shop then then you know maybe maybe you walk past the coffee shop every day on your way to work which is exactly the point that we're trying to make here, right? Whether you're walking the dog, whether you're getting the kids ready for school, whether you're commuting, whether you're on the treadmill, this is whether you're going to Starbucks. Well, I mean, that would be an opposing. That, actually, that's fine too. Maybe you're passing this coffee shop on your way to another coffee shop. But the idea behind this is that you pop in when you want to pop in. You don't need to be here at eight zero zero and you don't need to be uh, until nine zero zero you come as often as you want to come and that's how we're looking at it tim uh how are you my friend um now uh how was your week first of all it's no agenda friday and what's on your mind
0: oh well this week has just been nuts so it has it has been
3: you're a little soft by the way
0: am i oh let me try headphones
3: I'm still trying to figure out the different. I don't know if it's just me or 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 it's a Discord thing because I'm in both Discord and Clubhouse at the same time. Um, hopefully, <clears throat> it will work. But if you're on the, is that better? Um, a little bit. Um, I mean, give give us bit. if you're in the maybe maybe for if you're in the audience, you you're hearing something better. But I will listen intently. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Oh no, I I was just glad to make today's coffee. Uh, One of these days we should actually do it live from a coffee shop, but, um, no, it's just been a a crazy week of, you know, 16, 18 hour days. And, uh, yeah, so this is my, my only break and it just so happened to work out that it was, uh, open mic Friday.
3: Well, now that it's open mic, what, what's on your mind? Like what's going on? Um, anything you want to talk about?
0: Oh, I wasn't really
3: prepared. <laughs> well, I've got something. I, I I've actually Go got for th- it. Yeah, I've got something. Hey Jeff. Um so I'm gonna make sure by oh. the way that I'm following everyone who's in the audience. So here's my first item uh on the agenda. Now obviously I know Jeff, so I'm gonna invite him up onto stage because it is no agenda Friday. Um I, I'm happy to Hey Jeff, how are you?
4: I'm okay. How are you then?
3: I've been good. I've been great, actually. This is this is No Agenda Friday. Um, we're doing this now every single Monday through Friday, eight to nine. In fact, we have been doing this for a year um, in Discord. Now we're doing it on Discord and in Clubhouse. And so on No Agenda Friday, it's kind of open mic. It's AMA. It's it's office hours. It's whatever's on your mind. Um, it's something I actually picked up with uh, from Dan Fail, who was on my show, who was on. Joseph Chaffee is not famous. Uh, He said he has it at his company. And I was like, what a brilliant idea that that you have like a no agenda, you know, so you don't come with an agenda. And I mean, if you think about it on a different level, we all have agendas, which is the big problem, right? It's the big problem that we always come into any situation, any meeting, any encounter, any relationship with biases, with preconceptions. Sometimes we've made our minds up. We're not open-minded. So no agenda is like, hey, listen, uh, you know, Maybe I'll come with one thing, but, but for the most part, you, hopefully everyone else carries me. So, um, how are you been? uh, anything on your mind? Um, you, you have the, the, the floor, you have the mic if you want it.
4: Sure. Well, honestly, I saw that you were doing something in the morning and impressively somehow I'm up at seven on a on a Friday morning. So, um, but now that I know that you're doing this in the early mornings, I'll try to pop in over here. Um, I think what you had, you said is interesting. It reminds me of something that I got taught in a communications class in college when I was working broadcast, which is that there are, and I'll never forget this because it's something where we talk about bias, which is that there really is three versions of, of what people see. There's what you see, there's what I see, and then there's the truth. And the truth is, is that none of us really fully know the truth. We see our version. They, you see your version. And then we try to cobble together what we believe and what we perceive. Um, so so I think that there's something to be said about what you've said. Like, in fairness, perfect example. Uh, my bias is, is that I saw you were doing a room. I've known you for a while. I like what you do. And... And so as a result, I certainly came by and while I wasn't looking again on stage, it was certainly one of those where I was like, um, I was interested to to hear and see what you were doing and what was going on because I don't get to catch you nearly as much as I should. I think the only other thing I would mention and I'd love to get your thoughts on it is, you know, I was thinking about this with there being a writer's strike and it doesn't look like it's going to end anytime soon, and now there's an actor's strike, I can't think of a better time right now for anyone to be looking at creating content than right now. Because the irony is, I don't know how long both of these strikes are going to go, especially when you have a writer strike where they're talking about they might have to bring in, like, federal mediators to figure this thing out, which is crazy. Um, and if you listen to Fran Drescher's speech, which is crazy that the nanny is now the president of SAG, um, but, you know, her speech was pretty fiery that she gave yesterday. I don't see any of this being short-term, and it's already affecting broadcast schedules and it's already affecting movies and television as it is like with the writer's strike and some of those things it's affecting some of the publicity that's being done for movies there's talk already that it could affect things like something like as simple as the san diego comic-con um in terms of what people are allowed to appear and what are not this seems like a time that if you wanted to start creating content it's possible, depending on what you're doing and if it's unique and, and if it's out there, you know, there could be people higher on the food chain that are going to be looking for it and you, not to mention, I, not to mention people who, look, let's just be honest, at some point even Netflix is going to run out of material. So, you know, just something to think about.
3: I could literally spend the rest of of our session today talking about what you just said because there are so many angles we could take this in. Uh, one is this kind of—I was actually thinking about the same thing yesterday um, about you know the the rise of a new uh, a new generation or a new wave of creators. And the thing is, look, I've been doing this for three and a half years. Um, sometimes there are days I wake up and I think to myself, what am I doing? Why am I doing this? Um, But at the same time, I know, I I don't think I know that, you know, first of all, there's got to be a little bit of humility. You know, I'm going up against people who went to journalism school who studied this their whole life. Like, it's all all well and good to be able to say, oh, Seth Meyers, I'm going to take you down. You know, uh, Stephen Colbert, like, you know, um, your show is so canned, blah, blah, blah. But these are people that have put in their time, they've put in their hours, and they deserve and they've earned the respect. So even though we try and kind of create an enemy sometimes and we try and benchmark ourselves, we want to be David, we want to be the challenger. Even as someone like Joe Rogan, I've said this many times, you know, he, he did about 1,500 episodes of his show before it was acquired. Um, and so, you know, I, I love the idea. Many people have heard me say this that, you know, my mantra is an overnight success you know, three and a half years in the making, actually more like an overnight success, 52 years in the making. So we often like to oversimplify success, must be nice, must be nice to be them. Uh, but we don't realize, even a guy like um like John Krasinski, uh, you know, it like annoys me to no end. He created like, I don't know, it was like kind of some good news. Uh, he created in the middle of COVID or at the beginning of covid he did eight episodes, and he was acquired by Paramount, uh, by CBS. They bought the rights. They bought everything. He never did anything else. He like literally did the show. He he was bought. He never did another one. He made himself a ton of money, and now they've got the rights to some show that they may or may not do in the future. And it upset me like so much. It's like, but then again, what I'm not seeing is is what I'm not seeing. I'm seeing the tip of the iceberg. I'm not seeing what lies beneath. I'm not seeing how many times he was rejected in his life. I'm not seeing his struggles. I don't know his story. You know, and the fact that he could do eight episodes and trade on his celebrity and use his, his audience and get acquired, good for him. So, you know, it brings me back to that first point you made, which is there are always three sides to every story, your side, my side, and the truth. Uh, and, and the reality is, is that actually there's truth in all three sides of the story. There's always truth in everything. You know, even in someone that that you look at uh, as 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 a buffoon, an imbecile, a charlatan, a scammer, there's got to be an element of truth. And so, and so, you know, it's your truth, my truth, and the truth. Sometimes I get a bit frustrated when people go, "It's my truth," and and I'm like, "Yeah, it's your truth," but that doesn't mean it's true. (laughs) You know, I mean, it's it's an important nuance, right? Your truth is your truth, and my truth is my truth, but it doesn't mean your truth is the truth, and it doesn't mean my truth is the truth. There are elements of truth in your truth. There are elements of truth in my truth. But ultimately, the truth probably lies somewhere in between. And I think if we actually can get over ourselves sometimes and recognize um, that, then then we're in a better place because we move towards compromise. We move towards a place or position where we can actually start to see other people's perspective Learn from their perspectives and 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 find a bridge because at the end of the day that's what we're trying to do build bridges. So I I love everything everything you said you know I and um the third element by the way of what you said is it brings me back to um so I I put the clip um I'm gonna go ahead and the next person who talks um I'll go ahead and I'll, and I'll I'll share the clip but I just shared the karma clip uh, from Francine Hardaway. Um, but there's another clip that I just edited this morning on community capitalism, and I think at the end of the day, you know, we like to take sides. The writers are good, the writers are bad. You know, the actors are good, the actors are bad. The studio is good, the studio is bad. They're all good and they're all bad. But but the rea- but the reality is that capitalism, as we knew it, is is in need of a an extreme makeover, and that's what I call community capitalism, which is the evolution of capitalism, right? Not, not the replacement, not the dilution, but the evolution, right? Evolution. It is not the smartest of species that survives, nor the most intelligent, but rather the one that is the most adaptable to change, Charles Darwin. So, so th- there's got to be a way where the writers make a bit more money and the actors make a bit more money, and the studios maybe make a little bit less money, but over time will make more money. I mean it's we we've we've there was also another thing I think it was um <clears throat> was it I always get confused between Eisner and Iger uh but whoever's in charge of Disney right now is it Eisner or Iger I think it's Iger so it's Iger, so Iger. He, yeah so he just came out yesterday uh and he basically said like yeah we're going to have to kind of uh, rethink uh these these um some of these media properties that we have like I don't know ABC and ESPN Hmm, gee, I, gee I, w- I wonder who it was that wrote a book in 2004 called Life After the 32nd Spot. I think his name was Jaffe someone. Um, <clears throat> I mean, that's a, pr- that's a pretty crazy thought suddenly, right? We're rethinking ABC. We're rethinking what? ABC? CBS? NBC? The Big Three? You mean like AOL, Yahoo, and MSN? Where are they today? Hmm, I wonder. You know, no one, no one lives forever built to suck, Gee, I think someone wrote a book called Built to Suck" as well. So, I mean, but but really, what are we seeing here at the end of the day? We're seeing this fact that says, you know, and and I and I use this always intentionally because I am an you know an old white guy. Um, but there are too many old white guys that have earned way too much money. Um, you know, typically can be you know, <laughs> typically they've they've been a little incompetent at the best of times as well. And we can we can share some of this. We can share some of this. We can figure out a better way um, to, to allow some of the writers to make a bit more money and the actors to make a little bit less money or more money and the studios to make. But, but what we realize is we take a step back to take too forward or, or we give up a little to gain a lot. Or we give up a little and we don't have to gain anything. We can just give up a little and still be unbelievably wealthy and happy and fulfilled, you know, and know that we're actually like making a difference in other people's lives. So rant over. Um, uh, Atul is on stage. Robert's on stage. It's no agenda Friday. So what's in your mind, everyone? Anyone want to respond to what Jeff said, what I said? I think, Tim, you came off mic. Um, Atul, you came up. Please, you know, just, just uh, uh, put me out my misery and jump in
5: sure Jeff uh, so I'm on a walk so there might be some because of the windy it might be disturbance if there is please let me I'll stop uh, I feel that uh, to your point about no agenda meeting I feel that all meetings should have an agenda so that we achieve some purpose uh, bias I agree uh, we all have our own biases and you know, said very articulately that my side you my story your story and then there's a truth in between I agree with that completely but I feel that meetings should have agenda for a positive agenda some goal we want to accomplish and just a chit chat is also a good agenda to have no nothing wrong with that and regarding the topic of day-to-day media so one of the best things that have happened uh in the last uh i would say a few decades is democratization of uh access and content so earlier the as you said the big companies the abc and the uh, cnn nbc fox they had the uh superpower i mean they had the power influence reach broke media but these days in the age of internet uh, a very good blogger I can just write a blog blog or I can just use a YouTube channel everybody can be a media house if there's good content good quality then tomorrow I might get a billion uh, viewers subscribers if not then I might uh, disappear and nobody even notices me so I feel that the democratization of uh, uh, Content access uh, is one of the best things that have happened, and thanks to internet, and that's all I had to say. Jeff, thank you so much.
3: No, thank you. And uh, I first of all, I love the fact that you're on the walk, uh, that you're on a walk because this is my whole point that I've been trying to make here, which is, which is, I believe, I think it's, you know, I, I want people to be. I mean, you're hopefully getting the best of both worlds, right? You're get you're getting your exercise, um, and uh, and you can actually, you know hopefully um, be a part of a conversation and you can maybe get inspired or there's something that, that resonates with you today. Um, it is only Jeff to your point, but we only bring people up. I only bring people up on a Friday on no Agenda Friday. Um, normally what I'll do is I'll ask people if they want to come up in the last 10 or 15 minutes. But the idea is I'm doing the heavy lifting. Um, I, I, I'm working for you. Um, I'm bringing the agenda Monday through Thursday and, and 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 by the way, just you know, not not to kind of uh, a tool. The the agenda is no agenda. <laughs> that is, we uh, the, we actually do have an agenda, and the agenda is called no agenda. In uh, so I I'm I've done this enough now that that I I always come with something in my in my back pocket. So I may not even get there. I may not even need to get there. Um, and so what we do is the art is in the spontaneity, right? And in the fact that, you know, even with what Jeff is saying, it could take us in all these interesting um, directions. Um, and and that's kind of cool uh, in many respects because um, there is no bias that way. It's like we don't come in and say, like, today I need to, you know, address X, Y, and Z. It's like, well, what's on your mind as well? And, um, but anyway, so... So I'm 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 glad I'm glad you're here. Um, and it's going to be very interesting times right now. I mean, if you look at this clip that I, I just put the tweet up right now, everything in this clip is done by me. Everything, the uh, the you know uh, I made Francine into Yoda, you know. So that's using Midjourney um, and the editing and Streamyard and all the tools that I'm using. Uh, I mean, I, I, I would hazard a guess and say that that production wise. This is as good as any piece of uh, as any piece of content that you would see on Cheddar or CNBC um, or or quite frankly any of the late night shows. Um, and and I stand behind it. Um, and and so this is a great opportunity for all of us to really start to flex um, and to find our and to find uh, and to be noticed in many respects. I also think the whole the model the business model is super different right now. So, so you know, I I say it very tongue in cheek. I'm a challenger, you know. I'm uh, I'm a little bit, uh, I'm a little bit kind of mischievous. But I mean, imagine imagine how much it costs to hire me to do a, a late night show or a or a business talk show um, when I'm actually doing the thing from my office, my home office. When I actually want to continue doing it from my home office with my twenty dollar Walmart ring light and my roadcaster, that's part of. Part of what I like—it's the Wayne's worldness of it. It's the Wayne's worldness of it, in, uh, uh, in and delivered by someone who actually, you know, wasn't born yesterday. Who actually has a little bit of gravitas and content, and you know, and credibility. And so, in a way, <clears throat> my model has always been the same. It's the best of the old with the best of the new. In fact, if you were to ask me, I would say that's always going to be the model, the best of the old with the best of the new. You don't throw out the the best of the old. What you do is you throw out the worst of the old and you also ignore the worst of the new like I've chosen, I've spoken about it i i I am you know I am not going all in on threads. I'm not even going close, I'm on it because it's there, you know because it's inconsistent with my brand if I wasn't on it. If I then I would be get off my lawn, I would be bar humbug. You know, I, I of course I lean in and I embrace technology. Um, but I'm not going to like literally be squirrel, you know, from, from the movie up and jump from pillar to post, pillar to post, pillar to post, um, and be transient and be promiscuous. I don't believe in that. Um, so for me it's all about staying power and and as I've written now in my new book, it's about plodding with purpose, plodding with purpose slow and steady wins the race, maybe, but actually, you know, and this is something that came out in one of our collective cafe sessions. It's the idea of the tortoise, the hare, and the penguin. We actually rewrote the story because actually you don't want to be the tortoise and you don't want to be the hare. You want to be the tortoise of the hare or the hare of the tortoise, or you want to be the penguin. What you want is the fast walk or the slow jog. That's actually what's going to allow you to win not to be the fastest and certainly not to be the most cautious either. So um, all of this is coming out in, in this collective cafe and the beautiful thing about it, the most liberating thing about this whole, about this initiative is there's a tremendous sense of calm and peace when you actually can say, Hey, listen, I'm not going anywhere. Like I'm here. So, you know, you can be here or not be here, but I'm not going anyway. And, this was advice I got at the beginning when I started my show. I was on a panel of streamers, and I was the, the newbie. I was kind of the virgin streamer. And someone said, by the way, if, you, if you're starting a show right now, if you're not prepared to commit to it for at least two years, stop right now. And, and I immediately got filled with a sense of calm, which is like, that's awesome. I don't have to force this. I don't have to have all this anxiety on day one. I can actually just relax and have a little bit of fun. And, um, and by the way, two years came and the results weren't there. So I'm going to have to do it for another two and maybe another two after that. And you know what? If I strike, if I strike gold or if I achieve my manifested dream at six years, um, there'll still be people going, must be nice to be him, to just suddenly you know, have his own show. Suddenly? I don't think so. And is six years too much? Is that too heavy a price to pay? Is that too much time to spend to invest to fine tune to craft to fail to tweak to pivot? I don't think so. So it's all about perspective. But let me pause there, Robert, on stage, and and um, anyone else want to want to uh, join the conversation? Change the subject. Um, we are, you know, tool it's, it's no gender. You can even change it yourself if you want. Let me give you a second or two to see if anyone unmikes on Clubhouse two people yeah you go first michelle and, all right, and no, then no, no.
1: All right I'll, I'll be fast i'm changing the subject i was um i'm gonna say pleasantly surprised at what i heard this morning about some pending legislation about admission policies that are especially going to affect um what appears to be ivy league schools did anybody catch that news no tell us Okay, I'm afraid I'm going to say the wrong thing, but I heard it on um, MS, you know, CNBC. But basically, it looks like there's some pending legislations. Um, Basically, I think many people would agree, I won't say all because that's never true, that like Harvard and Yale, they bias heavy donors with these early acceptance policies, right? Right. So the whole premise is is if they do that, they're going to have to pay, I don't know if it's taxes via a fee, but there will be financial ramifications to them for those practices because it is a very explicit form of um, their version, let's just say, of affirmative action. And of course, their, their counter argument is they get these, you know, whatever hundreds of millions of dollars in endowments because they do bias toward um graduate their alumni kids or relatives or whatever it was. But you know, I, I think this is like a really good thing, a really good news. Um that, you know, it should be based on the merit of the student, right? Whoever works the hardest or whatever. And then um If they want to do these kind of, let's just call it their version of affirmative action, then they they will have to, you know, pay for it. And one thing I took away from it I thought was interesting as a side note is I guess MIT doesn't do that. They've always had you have to be, you know, admittance at your, um, you know, base Purely on the students' criteria, their performance, not based on whether their parents or uncles or aunts or alumni making these huge endowments.
3: So I, I like the, I like the subject, and I, I'm going to I'm going to take us to to the edge, um, to the leading or the bleeding edge. And sometimes at the bleeding edge, you may get cut um, because it's very sharp. But um, you know, obviously, we had the Supreme Court's ruling. Uh, and then the counter-argument against, uh, against the ruling was what about all the people that are essentially paying their way into the school through endowments and everything that you were saying? And, and I think what's interesting, so he has a thought, which is why can't both be true, right? Why can't both actually apply? What if there was actually a quota for people that were buying their way in and just call it what it is, but they paid more, and arguably they are paying more. They are paying a premium. They are paying um, a price. Um, And maybe just own it. Maybe just accept it. Maybe just say, yeah, there's 1% available for people that you want to buy your way in, buy your way in. You know, we'll even name a house after you if you're going to put that amount of money in. By the way, even better, if that money that is coming in is actually helping to provide financial aid and services and 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 support for people that can't afford it, why is that a bad thing? This, I mean, and why are we afraid to even have the conversation? And that's the problem, right? Again, your truth, your your side, my side, and the truth. Why can't both be true? So, so I, I, I don't, I don't know. I mean, and personally, I don't side with it. My personal view is is not to side with it but suddenly I'm thinking as you're talking Michelle I don't know that that's the worst thing in the world actually to just own it and that's the problem I guess in life too is that we just don't own it we don't own the stuff we hide behind we you know we circumvent where you know just own it just whoever you are in life just if you can if you can authentically own it you know it's it's part of what I'm writing in the book as well which is if you love what you do and you're true to yourself Um, and stay the course, that's the success, that's the formula to being forever changed. But if you're being true to yourself, like in our core, you know, is being, you know, um, a scammer true to yourself? At your core is, you know, laying off, like being a bad person, is that really who we are? I, I don't think it is. I don't think it is. You know, you can love what you do, you know, being in, in private equity, for example, and you know, being unbelievably unbelievably successful at what you do, but know that every time that you pour money or or, or bring in a new portfolio company that a lot of people are gonna lose their jobs. So you can love what you do, but are you being true to yourself? Now again, I'm not making the argument which is kumbaya kumbaya kumbaya, I'm not. But I'm saying I'm saying that like can we just be honest with one another and can we just be real and can we just allow everyone to have a point of view? It's not in particular, but especially if it isn't like ours. Um, that's what I'm trying to do. It's hard sometimes because sometimes you've got to look really, really, really long and hard and far and, you know, and, and, and give tremendous benefit of the doubt. But sometimes if you can find that little... Not just kernel of truth, but that point of common ground. That's how we build and how we repair and how we bridge. Um, so I, I love I love the subject, Michelle, and uh, I'm very interested to see. You know, I mean, it's shaken everything up now, right? So exactly. So it, and I love
1: yeah. that. I love. Yeah, I mean, obviously, there's been a lot of high profile, you know, cases and discussion around, you know, let's just say celebrities or whoever getting their kids into these schools. I personally, I I, yeah, I'd like if you're going to do it, just do it. And if the whatever the, the general public or whomever decide that that's taking money that needs to be taxed. Well, then just I, I'm all for that. Like, that's perfectly fine. People need to support their institutions however they need to support it. But I agree. Let's just not make it at the burden of everyone, meaning that the other schools, in my opinion, or whatever the money goes to doesn't benefit from the taxation of it if it is not a nonprofit um, kind of endeavor.
3: So, Tim, I know you wanted to um, jump in as well. You want to respond to well, that or yeah. change the subject again?
0: Well, I'm going to change the subject back, but um, it's funny because when um, what what I was going to bring up is, you know, we were talking about um, you know all the new content that can be created, and um, there is a great a great book from James Kars called uh, "Infinite and Finite and Infinite Games." Um, And to uh, to the education point of view, there is a great quote in the book from Proust that the only true voyage would not be to travel through 100 different lands with the same pair of eyes, but rather to see the same land through 100 different pairs of eyes. And so I think that goes to our my truth, your truth, our truth, your perspective, my perspective, and the truth. However, we like to call that it, it's being able to see some the same thing from a different perspective from somebody who holds a different opinion than ours. Um, you know, I think that the higher ed thing uh, is is just noise. Um, you know, if you want to talk about people who you know, are contributing to the Harvard endowment or whatever that is, they will always, they have an outsized advantage that is, was, and always will be the case. So, uh, you know, Harvard's endowment is going to be larger than, you know, some community college in you know, bum fuck nowhere. That's just the way it's going to be. Um, So but what uh, I was going to go back to is that James Carr on finite and infinite games. You know, there are there are games like football. Um, You know, we have an agreed set upon rules. We have agreed set upon teams. We have an agreed set upon finish line. The one the one who reaches the end of time with the most points wins, period. It's over. We move on. Um, But I think content and business is an infinite game where there are new players coming and going and players play the game for as long as they have the will and the resources to participate. And people come and people go, there is no finite set of rules. So there's a strike, there's new content, there's new platforms, there, there's new rules all of the time. So there really is no, there, there's no ha, I won the content game um, because it's gonna be ever evolving.
3: I was about to tell you that now you have to go and get James Koss on my show to talk about the book, but he passed Again? Away. But <laughs> he, he passed away. I, I, he passed, He was actually, I, I just realized he was born on my birthday, um, or I was born on his birthday. Oh, was he? It's December 24th, 1932. Um, I was born on the 24th myself. Uh, he well,
0: died. you know what? I'll, I'll take a proxy then because uh, Simon Sinek picked up his work and continued it in Simon Sinek's book, The Infinite Game.
3: Oh, okay, so now you have to get Simon Sinek on my show. Good luck with that. Um, there you go <laughs> Good luck, good luck with that. um yeah, I mean it's um uh i actually I actually spent a fair amount of time writing about this even this week, like as I'm editing the book now, which is the fact that there are rules you know you can you can follow rules uh you can break rules um you can make rules. Um, and I used to always say that, that the objective was to break rules. But I actually think it's to make rules. Now, make your own rules. You know, this is the whole idea, for example, um, you know, like it's a very important subject, which is when we think about gender equality, when we think about uh, when we think about the unfair game that is played with respect to women not earning the same amount as their male counterparts, well, the one thing is well, and and the same thing applies with with an argument with affirmative action, right? Which is which is this right. not affirmative action, but this idea of well, just be better than everyone else. Just go ahead and prove it. You know, you you know the rules are flawed, so everyone plays by the rules. So beat them at their own game. That is an argument. Well, but
0: but make, make your to your point. Make your own rules, but without violating. The cultural culturally accepted rules. right So you can break break rules rule breakers that go right up to that edge but don't violate cultural norms are, are great. there are disruptors. But when you talk about like well I'll break my own rules. I'll just buy my I'll buy my kids uh, you know resumes and buy them into school to what Michelle was talking about. Well that's breaking it. yes, it's making my own rules but it's breaking what's culturally acceptable at the time.
3: Yeah, I I, I don't know. Uh, I just saw Matt um, Thieleman is in the audience in Discord. He just got married. Um, So I'm going to see if he wants to come up on stage as well because we're doing this whole thing. He's on stage. First of all, uh, I'll come back to Matt in a second, but I don't think those are making rules. I think those are breaking rules. Um, when i talk about making rules i'm talking about like for example spill right black uh, uh, a kind of black owned like um uh or not black owned but but a kind of a creating a new um i mean it, it in many respects it's it, it's weird because on one on one side of the continuum you've got you've got your your what uh, what was the one before truth social uh, but it doesn't look like it's going to make it a kind of conservative led twitter what was it called? Not Truth Social. That's Trump's one. But it was another one. I forget what it was called.
0: It, it began with a P, right? It uh, was, I want to say Peloton, but that's the bike.
3: Patreon, Peloton. Pa-
0: no, Patreon. Pa- no, Patreon is supporting.
3: Patronize. Uh, <laughs> um, no, I agree with you. So, what, what, uh, you know, I've got this thing called Google now, conservative Twitter. Uh, let's see what it was called. It was called... Uh, I'm going to have to do better than that I suppose. Come on everyone help me out here. Uh conservative Twitter um competitor. Uh it was called it was called Parler. There you go. Do do I have to do everything myself? Um you yeah, know it was called do. Par- No it was called Parler. but I mean but th- that's another version. For example, when you think of woman-owned business or 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 or, or um or a VC fund that typically focuses and funds uh, woman-owned businesses or, you know, et cetera. That's how you make rules without breaking rules um, and still follow rules. So uh, it's just an interesting continuum. But let me pause there for a second. Uh, Matt, congratulations. You're a married man.
2: Thank you. Thank you. I somehow woke up early enough this morning to join.
3: Well, you you joined. We've we've definitely spun the gamut today. We've been talking about college admissions. We've been talking about uh, versions of the truth. Um, it's 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 been exactly the vision. We've we've spoken about how sometimes uh, uh, having no the agenda of no there actually is an agenda in no agenda. That's the agenda, which is no agenda. Um, but what you need and what you, what you rely on is, well, you, you need obviously a strong moderator, but also you just need people to contribute. Um, and you always need something in your back pocket. Um, and and I actually came in with it. I probably won't even use it today, but I had a clip from uh, Alexandra Damska who was really talking about, um, I asked her a question which was on the show, and I said, you know, why would anyone want to buy crypto? And I was going to talk about it in it's about a five and a half minute clip. Um, but in reference to what happened yesterday with respect to ripple, um, you know, uh, winning this battle, um, and paving the way now for all these other, uh, blockchains and currencies to not be regarded as, as a security. And could this usher in the next bull run? Maybe what we'll do is we'll carry that over to Monday, um, to, to Monday in, um, in, in the collective cafe. But, uh. But Matt, uh, uh, tell us about how does it feel to be married?
2: Uh, it's pretty wonderful. I also, if you if you'll humor me, I'm happy to monologue on games, since as you as you have read, it's a big part of my life.
3: You can um, no, yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's why it's No Gender Friday, and you know, I, I will tell you that we actually um, we the book that we that that replaced you. Um, is an amazing story we've done three episodes now or three shows it's called I dare you and it's a book written um it, it it's like a magic it's a weird story because I have no idea where this book came from it's a tiny little book it looks like leather bound it's was it was written in 1931 by William Danforth um, who uh, actually actually I don't know if it was written by William no it was because i I think um, uh, um, William danforth who was the founder of Rolston, which became Rolston Purina. Um, and this book is just exceptional. It's almost as good as This is Coaching, which is your book. So, you know, there you go. But yeah, so, so why, don't, why don't you talk a little bit about games?
1: Yeah,
2: well, I happened to pop in as we were talking about um, infinite games versus finite. And um, my, my held belief is that it's a both and. Um, as we're talking about content, as we're talking about business, as we're talking about um, any of these topics education, um, where um, on a like long enough time scale, high level, I like absolutely it's an infinite game. The point of the game is to keep playing the game. The point of having a government is to continue to have people who work together in society and, we have finite games in the midst of that, that support us continuing to play the long-term game. So um, in the case of say business and marketing, uh, we establish as your, to your point, we establish objectives of our finite game that move us closer toward or give us a better chance to continue to play the game. And we, my opinion is that we make up our own rules always um, and to your point, some of those rules are informed by uh, broader culture or other people. And um, I think they're also informed by our objectives. So our objectives are um, as we, we talked about in probably, as we read my book, uh, very specific tangible objectives, objectives, stuff like smart goals, um, but also informed by our values and our mission, which I call our what for or why. And those dictate how we play the game or how we set up our objectives. So if I'm a female-owned business, um, I might have a different smart goal or tangible objective. But my other objective is to do something to transform how businesses run, maybe, for example, because that's one of my values. And so that's going to determine the rules of the game, which will determine my strategies and objectives um, which will then determine like how I move on a, on a, a particular turn at a given point in time. Right. And so um, that might mean that my marketing is um, a bit more out there compared to other folks who, even if they're also female run businesses, um, because my, my personal values are such that I want to transform the system. Um, some of that's true for me in my business, right? Like I, I market in ways that are different from other folks I lead with love in a way that other coaches might not not, or other people in, um, who are in the executive world might not, but that's because that's what I want to bring to the world. And I think you're very similar, Joseph, but, um, the way that I think about it is I'm creating, or we're always creating these short term finite games in support of this longer term game. And it's important to keep them both in mind at the same time.
3: I have, um, I have a, a very big takeaway from what you said, but first I wanted to tell you that you've actually influenced me and uh, in my writing um, because what I've been doing the last couple of weeks is trying to finish now my sixth book, and I'm kind of ending every chapter with like what I would call it uh, Madison's, 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 Theleman's. So I'm, <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like seriously ending each chapter, but going, you can do this. You know, I believe in you. You got this. Like the way, so like I, I realize now that you've influenced me in terms of of uh, in terms of a style. This is what happens when I end up being your your narrator uh, on on Thursdays. So when you read this book, it's just like because um, because you know what I'm doing in this book is I'm trying to tell people. To uh, you know, to stay in the game—that's exactly what I'm telling people to do. Love what you do, be true to yourself, and stay the course. And I think what you're saying is, um, as long as you're still in the game, you still have a chance to win. But if you're not in the game, you got no chance to win. This is this is the story that basically says, at the end of the day, right, ninety-nine uh, percent of all short putts never go in the hole, actually more like 100%. The shots not taken have no chance to go in. They also have no chance to miss. And I think that's also part of this idea of just staying in the game. And also the rules, you know, another takeaway that I have here is this idea of you can actually make up rules as long as they don't break rules. So, for example, I think of, um, here's here's a funny thing, going not, not Parler and not Patreon, but back to Tim's, peloton when i'm on the peloton and i'm struggling and i'm like i want to give up after like 15 minutes i just know my body's not cooperating i'm just not feeling great i have to set myself little mini goals i have to create my own little Mm -hmm. rules i have to create what i have to do whatever it takes to keep going you know whether it's whether it's fooling myself whether it's you know so i i've got like this weird thing you know my wife would probably say because she thinks I'm on the spectrum because I probably am Um, you know it's either ADHD or something else Um, but uh, I hope she's not listening to this Um, but um, you know but but like I have all these eccentricities I guess or or, or, or superstitions so one of the things I do when I'm on the peloton is I always try and avoid like 666 right so like is so like I mean because you know it's the devil whatever so like you know like if it's mile six 0.66 uh, 0.66 or sixty six calories or whatever the case may be, so like those are little things where I have to pay attention where i 'll turn my, i 'll turn to the left i 'll turn to the right or i'll look up or i'll look down or i 'll you know and and so but 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 in doing that what it 's doing is it 's distracting me and it 's a game um, and it 's my own little set of rules i 'm not breaking any rules um, but what it 's doing is it 's allowing me to keep going and before you know it, guess what you're, you're at the top of the hill, and now you can actually just take some water and, you know, and take a break. So that's what I took away from what you said. I love that. Yeah,
2: I, it made me think of um, that kid who came on Jeopardy, this question of what rules can we break and what rules have to stay. And um, my assertion is that we inherit a whole bunch of rules um, that are implicit in society. And it can be challenging to know at any given point which ones um, need to stay in or which strategies need to stay in the game so that we're successful and which can be broken. That, that kid in Jeopardy who uh, would go across the board and uh, try to look for the daily double so he could wager everything, and he was very successful monetarily. And everyone at the start, because he was breaking convention, wanted him out, um, right? And so... Uh, what we learned was that there was an implicit societal rule that says in Jeopardy, you go through the board top to bottom so that you don't upset anyone. Um, and that was a suboptimal strategy for actually making the most money. And often in business, what I, what I find in probably all kinds of games, right? And, And we, we see this in sports a lot. Every year they have to change, especially in basketball, the rules Looking for an advantage and the the strategies that players now use to look for an advantage would never have been allowed you know 20 30 years ago but because it changed slightly every year uh they're more and more allowed so the game is transforming or shifting and i think that happens in business we have to be willing to say hey that one rule or that one strategy that seems um everyone says no to that um I'm going to test it. I don't know if it's going to work, but I'm going to test it. And I, again, to your point about this, like the, creating these very short term games, we create a, a micro game to test it out, um, to see how it works. And then we ap- attach that to this longer term game that we're playing. I saw, um, I saw, uh, th- th-
3: this this is this is just so interesting because I just saw that um AI is basically attempting to create like I, I forget the exact headline, but it was about AI is basically trying to attempt a moneyball type of formula um for a sport or for something like that. I've got to go and I've gotta go and look look at it and see um uh and 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 see what it is. Um Let's see, AI, Moneyball, sport, or something. I uh, um I don't know if I can find it, but it was just. Uh, but there are some. I'm just trying to think. Will AI and baseball become the next Moneyball? So, um, yeah. I mean, it was just something that just made me think of as as you were talking about it, which is which is trying to find like the 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 data, the formula. I don't know. It's just. I'm I'm going on a bit of a of a complete sidestep here, but I don't know if I find it, I find it. What was the middle cool. thing again?
2: Yeah, what it thinks about. Some sometimes people are really effective, like Moneyball. Like uh, Billy Bean almost lost his job, right? Um. So we have to, Sometimes we have to be willing to risk not playing the game any longer, or at least the current iteration, in pursuit of what yeah, we think
3: it- is. Ready right to go. I, I I guess the point uh, now. I think, like you know, the the funny thing about the funny thing about Jeopardy about this this story is that what he was doing was not offending anyone. It Was just not conventional, and so people just didn't uh-huh. know how to deal with it. Um, and so, I think maybe that's the final point, which is sometimes you can actually. It's, it goes back to what Tim was saying. You can actually be playing by the rules but appear to be breaking the rules when in actual fact what you are doing is making the rules um, and people just don't like it because yeah. nobody likes change. I mean, if there's a common theme with everything we've discussed today, it, it is, I mean, it's the most beautiful common th- theme, right? right? We talk about looking at crypto and the power of crypto and the power of decentralization and helping the unbanked and getting rid of, of the middleman and getting rid of all these unnecessary fees. And, and, and what people forget is that if you are a person of color, you have a significantly and an exponentially less chance of getting funding, of getting a loan, of being able to start a small business. Right, Your access to capital is, is infinitely reduced – so there are so many nuances here. And when we talk about this idea, I mean, it is this perfect common theme, common thread, right? Nobody likes change. But we always talk about that. We always talk about nobody likes to change. But on the other hand, on the other side, there are all the people that will resist change or resist the change agent or the person changing, right? And it, we just live this, you know, this, our whole lives, Right, I'm, I'm, I'm like, I think Francine even said to me, it's like, I think, Joe, you're the only one left in Web3. I'm like, I'm pretty sure I'm not, but, you know, it's like, <coughs> why, why would I go anywhere? Why would I leave the Collective Cafe? Why would I give up on Alpha Collective? Why would I give up on my show? Why would I give up on Startup Club? Why would I do that? If you know that it's the truth, if you know that you are, you know, that you are in truth, If you know that you're on the right path, then, you know, you can't just sit back and expect the world to come to you. You have to go to the world. You have to make it happen. But at the same time, you know, and it's like kind of final thing to end this week on a high is I continue to think there are 8 billion people on this planet. And they're searching for me. They just don't know who I am yet. Right at the moment, they're all hanging out with Mr. Beast, but not for long. Or at least Mr. Beast can give me zero point zero 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 one percent In fact, in fact, if you all want to do me a favor, the people that are left, go and look at my, at my tweets and go ahead and like my response to Mr. Beast. He's, uh, he's basically giving away his entire Twitter allocation. We didn't even talk about that. You know, that Elon Musk is paying people out. Some people are getting $20,000, $40,000 for their, their percentage, their chunk of ad revenues. Um, I'll bet you Zuckerberg doesn't do that. Um, but uh, regardless, regardless, uh, Mr. Beast is saying that he will give away his entire allocation to the most liked reply to that post. So I replied, I don't even know if anyone has saw my post, um, but I basically said I will give away 100% of that allocation to all the people that like my post. All I want to do is meet Mr. Beast. So go ahead and like my post, and also uh, my Substack, which I just started yesterday. First ten people that are that sign up to my Substack, if I do, if I ever do go paid, uh, you will get a complimentary subscription. So I know a few people have already signed up from today, but if you do sign up to my Substack today, um, you will be grandfathered, grandmothered, grandpersoned in. Should I ever go premium, which I probably won't. Um, spoiler alert, I kind of like the free aspect. There, there's enough opportunities to charge people. But Matt, welcome back. And I'm, I'm glad, you know, through coming on the show and, mm-hmm. and, and, and buying into Alpha Collective and 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 doing the book read that you are, you know, you, you've seen what I hoped, what I hope the 8 billion people will see is that this is the place to be. Um, not always, not every day. Uh, i 'll be every day, but when you 're around and and the litmus test is always did you learn something new today did you did you did you leave the cafe better off than when you came in that 's that you know the day that that is not true is the day that I have to rethink or retool or revise, um, but until that day happens, uh, we continue learning, inspiring, helping one another um, and uh, and making sure that this is time well spent. Not time well saved, but time well spent, especially if you walk in the dog. So um have a great weekend, everyone. And uh Michelle, uh thank you for for uh letting me use your house. And Tim, thank you for being on stage. Uh and Matt, congratulations. Remember, my friend, it's all downhill from here. Just kidding. It all gets easier. I mean Until the kids come along. Anyway, uh, and on that note, (laughs) um, I'll see you all on Monday, everyone.
0: This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.